here we go. Spring of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast. All of you freaks and whitetail geeks, this is episode 57. We tried that new uh, headline uh, or introduction line last week and... Second week of that, I don't know how I feel, but I am your host, Taylor Henry, and I am joined today by Cousin Jeff. September is here, motherfuckers! Episode 57, we're covering a bunch of stuff. We're going over what we, our updates right before season starts here. We're going over um, our plans for the next couple weeks, some kind of to-dos for you before you sit out there, and then our key thoughts and goals for this hunting season. So, welcome, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. I think this is your first official co-host podcast. You were you were a guest once, but I'm calling twice. you... Twice. I was a guest twice. This is... Oh, yeah. You were a phone-in one time, weren't you? Well, I phoned in twice. I've sat in twice, and this is my first... Uh, yeah, we'll call it co-host from the beginning to the end. Yeah, you know, he's worked his way up the ladder. Fuck you. Some, may, at, <laughs> some may ask where Rustin is. He got married this past weekend. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Big day for him there. It was overall a really fun wedding. Um, I was in it. I danced um, aggressively, and we got through it, honestly, without ripping any clothing, any pieces of clothing, and um, no injuries. Thought I may have injured myself at the time. Of all the weddings you've been to and of all the weddings you've been in, I would assume 100% of the time you drop it down. I would find oh, yeah. it, I'd find it hard to believe that you wouldn't. Yeah, the worm always comes out, and then it's, it's usually the worm isn't what rips the clothing. It's when I come up and I do this weird, um, it's kind of like a hybrid penetration step and, like, knee slide. And then, yeah, the arms are out. I'm looking at the crowd It's like a Randy approval. Orton, like, yeah. what's up? That's it, that, yeah, 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 that's true. I hate to use the WWE reference, but. So when I get into the deep lunge position, that's when the pants go. But and these these fuckers held up. It was it was shocking. But like I was I was le- leaning into something there. So of all the weddings you've been in and all the weddings you've been to, dropping it down every time, what is the percent chance that you're gonna rip? Like, oh yeah, Wes and I covered this last week going into it. Oh. I hundred percent. Sorry, I haven't listened to the I've, podcast yet. I haven't made it through a wedding without ripping something. This is so, the first. <laughs> wow. Because. I didn't rip my pants last in the wedding last wedding I was in, but I blew through my shoe during that move. Still blow, yeah. So yeah, clothing a piece of clothing was destroyed, and I don't think that there was the only piece of clothing that I know of got destroyed was Weston's uh, best man and brother, um, completely ripped his shirt in, in half. Ripped on Weston's? the dance floor. No, his own. Oh, oh I may have Mitchell. helped a little bit and may have egged it on, and I will not pay for that. Mitch, if you, I will not be paying for does that. Does Mitchell listen to this? Probably not. If if you do listen to this, well, one eight hundred. We don't got to get into the one eight hundred. You need help. One eight hundred. Figure it out because things. <laughs> well, things got things, things were out of hand. Things were out of hand for him. But I mean, he has his brother. He had a big speech. He had to you know loosen up. But um, all right. So here's the reason why we're here. We just we just came today. We're recording on Labor Day. I am. I am considering getting this podcast out on Friday so that people are are people that are have their seasons opening on Monday or Saturday are ready and so can listen to it. Still record on Monday but drop on Friday. I'm thinking about now that we're getting in season that I'm going to rec- so I'm going to drop on Friday this one and then record on next Monday and then get it up that same day. Monday record Monday, drop it Monday? Yeah. Like Monday night, it'll get dropped. And I assume this is you doing this now. Yeah. Well, no. It's, I mean, <clears throat> we've kind of we've kind of gotten better at editing where it's getting quicker. So I think we can just I think we can get it right up almost in in real time. So I, yeah. it's gonna well, it, dude, it's gonna suck if if uh, the ten people who are listening and they're getting consistent listening. I'm one of them. <clears throat> right, and I'm gonna go over. We're gonna go over it here, but 
I'm going to start diving into like every week we're going to discuss like what is going on and what is in our mind. So who's ever with me, we're going to pull in their hunting seasons into this. That's why it's, it's a good time to introduce you because we can kind of introduce your hunting season. You know, when you get a chance to get back on here, people will kind of be able to follow along. But yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the bullshit's over. I'm, I'm getting sh- in and it's, it's, this is going to be real time. I'm a huge fan of that because yeah. Like, well, I haven't. Well, if I, I fucking am talking about the weather and someone listens to a week late, it's late. So, and that's kind of sh- pointless. That's the shit I've been dealing with. Like, so this is all, this is my first official, as I said before, like podcast beginning to end. But yeah. like, I listen every single week to every single one and it's very confusing and I'm still not used to it. Realizing, holy shit, this was recorded a week ago. So what they're talking about has already happened and is done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reason why we do it is because if there was, for some reason, we couldn't do it on a Monday, it gives you room to bump it back and to get it in in that week. Because we've had to do that sometimes where people weren't available Monday, so we just bumped it to, like, a Wednesday. Um, But, yeah, I think we're just going to work it in the schedule now where it's going to be every Monday. Whoever's there is there, and at, at the very least, you're getting an update every single week of what I, like, literally is what what is going through my mind that week. And it's coming from a person who essentially, I mean, it's all, my brain's damn near getting to the point now where it's brain dead besides hunting, deer hunting. I think I may have a month left where I'm probably doing productive work outside of it. And if anyone's listening to me that works with me, <laughs> like, he's just yeah, if you're like a client, I'm just kidding. No. Um, I don't know if, I don't think any of my clients do, but. But if you do. If you do. But we're getting to the point now where. It's all I'm going to be thinking about. It's literally all I do is look at the weather 14 times a day. Look at trail cam pictures. You know, check trail cam pictures. Review. And this is going to go till at least. I mean, it's going to go hard until like what? Well, see, it's, I'm going to hopefully. Hope, my goal is because I haven't done this before. My, my goal is to capture. See, see, the problem is I get when I get into the zone. You know, it's I I look at it similar to a sport like. You start the season, you start practice, you know, the first couple, like, I think it was wrestling because it's the closest resemblance right now to me. It's when you start getting into, like, it's the mental shift of, like, going through the season and then, like, you have to be able to turn it on when it's starting to get, like, really serious. So, essentially, that's how I treat deer season. Like, I look at it, you know, as... Like when it's time to get turned, like when it's time to turn on and like get really serious, I kind of, I don't talk about it. So I'm going to try to talk about it on here every week. So I'm going to try to pull my thoughts out because I like shut down everything and everything in my life besides hunting shuts down. And I, and like, even the last few years, I haven't been (laughs) doing a good enough job, like creating, like talking about it, creating content, make even like, even our videos are sort of like, cause I get so just dead. Like that's all I think about. All, and everything else is done, but I'm so we're gonna try at the very least sit down and talk to somebody uh, every week, and they can help me pull it out of my brain, and then they can we're gonna interject their seasons as well. So it's gonna be cool. We'll see if I can go through with it. <laughs> That's the only issue. Like, am I gonna be able? Am I just gonna say fuck it? I'm done until we kill a deer? Because like I, well, don't be like that. No, the, I hope not. The the followers, what ten probably twelve after this episode. <laughs> yeah, they. They need the content, so. Well, hopefully, and hopefully, you know, here's here's the goddamn dream that we follow along, and someone messages in saying like, "Yep, your advice helped me kill a giant, or killed something, or we kill like whatever." So, I get it. I I mean, there's a lot of other podcasts who you're listening to like interviewees of like, of uh, like really you know expert type you know podcast interviews. I feel like that's the most popular. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I I see. How, I see how people would like that, but we're gonna really just probably gonna steer away from that for the next three months. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we just came from your your place. We need to introduce kind of what's going on with you. And uh, like I said, a lot of places are opening on on Saturday, so September twelfth. You know, some of us, some of the other places did a September 1st opening. So if those guys, people are listening on that, like, you'll have to call in and report what's going on. But um, 
So we're looking down the barrel of the opener. What do you got going on on your property? We kind of we did it. We did a complete property of breakdown of Jeff. So we wrote a plan and we did a podcast on that. So I'll find that podcast episode number for that. But let's let's pretend that that this person who's listening has listened to that. So and let's give them some updates from then to now. So we've gotten a summer of scouting in. We got chugging pictures. We have a and plan, I'd say we yeah we kind of we we switched a little bit of our plan possibly, but we're I mean we're probably holding pretty close to it though. Yeah. So yeah, we episode whatever when we talked about this that was my I think my second guest appearance, featured guest. Um, we talked about land intrusion and you know scent the way the way we used to access our land. Um, was very intrusive like you're just we i don't think we with the intention of getting to a stand and with the best route to get there i don't think we could have contaminated the land more with our scent so we like laid out the land kind of noted where the current stands were noted where future stands were going to be and then kind of where um you know trail cam placement is but we Tried figuring out which was the best way to get there. Um, I think, and the biggest thing we're, we're really getting into now is like pinpointing the bedding areas. So we're, now we're taking like the aerial approach. Like, what would we do from that? Like, what were the, what were the, like kind of the suspicions? Just looking at an aerial. Actually, got boots on the ground early summer. Ideally, that would have taken place in March, um, but we did it probably in June, where we actually were walking around, like kind of blew up the whole property. Right? You think it was June? Maybe even been May. Yeah, it'd be late May. Yeah. Um, so confirm some things there, and then now once choking pictures are rolling in, putting all the pieces together, and then plus even diving into previous years choking pictures. Yep. You still, I mean, people, you still have time to do this right now. You have this week. Damn it. Well, when they listen to this, they'll have. About 12 hours probably, but um, still do it in the first week of the season even. Take the time to get things down off out of your brain and on like a spreadsheet or some paper. And the big things we look at is old daylight pictures of mature bucks. And I'm talking hour within an hour of uh, daylight, sunrise or sunset. Yep. So even pay attention to the time. Don't just scroll through dark pictures. Um, take all them out and then chart them. Go back in through the weather data. I'm working on something to make this easier. I haven't got it yet. So you take all the pictures, chart them. So chart like name of the buck, direction they're coming from, um, date, obviously, time, um, Maybe temperature. When he was last seen. Temperature. Have that here's what I'm, here's what I'm picturing when I put in my spreadsheet: temperature, um, pressure, and then in the note, I'll make like a notes field, and I'll note the previous three days of weather. So what I'm looking for is if there was a trigger that took place to get that buck daylighting. So like a lot of times you have like a warm stretch or something, and then you have a cold shot. So did they get on their feet that next day, like following a cold front? Like, what was the weather doing then? So I'm looking at, like, when the pressure started spiking or when it started going up. So usually how I just mark that, I'll put in the notes, like, more specific stuff. But I usually have a column in the spreadsheet that has, like, um, date, temperature, wind speed, wind direction, pressure, and then whether it was rising or falling. And then in the notes, it'll be, like, three days prior, you know, there's a warm stretch, and then we saw, like, a, this was the first day of a cold front. Pressure topped the next day or something. So he caught it like in the middle of the rise. And all I look at pressure is just – it's saying that obviously some type of weather events happening. So it's, And I, I put precipitation down too, whether it's raining or snowing or clear. I'm going to collect – I should probably look at the spreadsheet sometime and just actually go through what I, exactly I put. But – so we're kind of starting to do it with Jeffries, but you can also do it pretty easily by just scrolling through the old pictures and then just cross-checking weather data. Weather data, weather history, underground. It's the only good place that I've gotten. 
um, that I've seen. It's it's weather underground. Wonderground. Wonderground. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. You call it weather underground, but the it's wonderground.com. And that's also the site that I check in season. Now we're now like we're getting to a weekend. They have a really good week um, weather forecast that I like. And it's a it's a pretty heavy mix. Sunday was eighty, a mixture of rain and sun that day, and then by midweek it's highs in the fifties, and by the end of the week it's is it back near seventy? Yeah. So. Um, all, all the seasons almost in one week this right welcome to wisconsin i mean I'm, i might as well get into it right now so anyways the point of all that is i feel like we're starting to learn a lot more like i had a better idea what's going on with the betting areas i feel like now um we know we know the day of the wind to just i mean you can't you're gonna have to learn that while we go because that wind is not going to be reliable in the bottoms well, and I think today, I don't know, today we thought it was coming out of the, well, when was, we were on the had, rock, I had a good, pretty good north something this morning. And then on the, yeah, up on the rock, so you, there's a high high spot. You can you can rely on the wind there. But down below, it, it was it was kicking in one, and it was weird. In one corner of the field, it was kicking back straight, like so the exact opposite, which is what I would kind of expect. Like, if it's not going the way that it's normally going, sometimes it goes the exact opposite because it bounces off the other hillside and you get that, like, downdraft from the other hillside. So it was doing that in the one corner by the creek. Mm-hmm. But the other corner, what it was, you? like, more consistent with, like, what it was doing at the rock. So it, com- it must be coming over that hillside where there's more, like, open space and the, and the, the wind drops off and you actually get a, a realistic – wind down in that but you need that big field to keep it open so when you're tighter to the woods i think it's kicking you're getting a kickback but in that big opening that wind's probably more consistent because it's dropping down over the hill and yep yeah and i mean but that is confusing because you it, it was it was multiple ways in the same bottom that sucks and and then <clears throat> you know next week or whenever it may happen the beer the <laughs> Um, the, if the wind comes out of a complete opposite direction, the wind could completely play off a hill different or the field different. So, yeah, today we thought it was – we were at the highest point. We thought it was northwest wind. Um, so now next week maybe a southwest or southeast wind, which is opposite. So what, yeah. I'm, what I'm thinking is, is a possibility at your place, which I, I'm kind of getting into this thought process now, and we'll, I'm going to try it this year for sure. Is the some some of these places in the afternoon? It might make more sense that you go in with the thought of the thermals over the wind, and that you hang tight somewhere where you are safe from the wind, like on the ground, and like get in like maybe within a hundred yards of a stand, and then like get in like that last forty-five when the sun goes down and those thermals do start dropping and the wind stops being the predominant reason. Like, so like you, what I'm saying is there's a certain wind that's advantageous for that area. Right. Right. And for the bedding in that area. Yep. Okay. So, but you might be blowing your wind into that area. If you sat like when at three, eight, 3 PM, like when it was like normal, the sun was up, thermals weren't doing anything. And the wind was like, you know, normal, like 10 mile an hour wind. But it'd be blowing it up to a bedding area. You'd be like, well, I can't. I'm not going to go in there and blow them all out. Mm-hmm. But we need to consider, <clears throat> could we get in there? Because you know they're in there for that wind for whatever reason. Because you've seen that from the past. You know, you get into October. You've seen them do daylight a couple times on, a cons- on like a similar wind. It might be advantageous to jump up like so wait. And then 45 minutes, you can do like a sprint as quietly as you can, obviously. <laughs> And hopefully, you, you, I mean, you got to consider visual stuff here and then zip up the tree and then literally like uh, then you're relying on the thermals and then you're safe. So you have you have like that's how much of a I think that's how like close it could be. Like and, if you uh, went there early, you're not going to get on. Which, which stand are we talking specifically? Are we still probably made that one in the creek bottom because I was thinking you could probably get in the creek. Oh, just sit in the creek like down in there. Like your wind isn't getting out of there, and just kind of observe. And then even at the base of the tree, you could probably get away with it. And then you just wait for the sun to go down, probably feel it where the wind dies off, and then those thermals are going to go with that creek. 
and elevate. And you just and get observe. right up in there quick and. Yeah, I mean. Because like today it was <laughs> the wind was blowing back up into that into what you call piney, which is where I'm thinking that you they're say piney. Didn't you? Call, what do you call it? The big pine. The big pine. There's one big ass All pine into, tree. There's a place in Wyoming we call piney. Okay, this is not That's it. That's what made me think about it. <laughs> a three year old did not name this chunk of woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so what we're gonna have? Ooh, see this. Okay, we're looking at the weather live right now. This is for Southwest Wisconsin. So we're gonna have a big, big rain event, and that starts potentially starts, overnight. Tonight. Yeah, and that I mean, last night and today would be a great time to hunt. We're a week off because we had a huge drop off in temp, and then rain is coming. So like, I'm guessing like I'm hope I'm expecting to get a lot of good pictures tonight. Hope so. Um, so then you have this rain. Tomorrow, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and it's supposed to be ending Thursday. So it looks like we're looking at a big rain event. Um, and even gives you a chance of rain on Friday and Saturday. So the interesting thing here is this rain looks to be ending Saturday afternoon, possibly. And that could be the first time that a sun that sun gets out. And looks like maybe a, week, a while. Like six days. It could happen Thursday afternoon, too. It's kind of the same deal. Uh, like, if you could hunt Thursday afternoon, that would be the best day. The pressure peaks out at 30.4. Yeah, it's super high. That is, I mean, that is, this is a huge event. I mean, we better get some good pictures tonight and tomorrow morning. That's why I almost like hated. We went in way. today to areas that we shouldn't have, like, I, would, I don't like to go into because of this rain. And it's going to wash away. But. Well, there's a big reason we went in there today, and I'm related to it. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, the, the, I mean, we're looking at a lot of rain. So, Saturday evening could be great, and then I don't, I'm not, I'm not hunting mornings yet, but we're looking on Sunday as a kickback. So, we're, we are bottoming out Saturday afternoon, but if the rain ends on Saturday afternoon, you can be out there the last hour and it's not raining. And even if we got a little sun, I think that could, that could be a trigger, even though the, even though the pressure is bottoming out there, mm -hmm. but that rain event ends. So like box blinds, you know, you can get out in the rain in that box blind or a blind and, uh, you'll be good. That's, that's, that's the nice thing about those versus a tree stand now. And then Sunday looks to be sunny. So if you get a sunny afternoon Sunday after, you know, three, four to five days of rain, this could be a, this could be an amazing. And, you're, you know, you're good. Normal temperatures. Ah, I, it's not normal. It's a little, They're a little, little warm. Well, you, 67 high on Saturday. Yeah, what's the normal? Sorry, 68 Saturday, Sunday 67. Do, does it show what the normal is, though, for this time of year? I feel like it's down. I don't know if it would show that. Well, it would. I mean. Just gotta find it. Well, right here, average seventy-seven yeah, for so September six, which is down. Yeah, but underground, it's it's right. It's well, it's it's probably gonna be pretty average for that day because it'll probably drop a couple of degrees too. They average by uh, the twelfth and thirteenth. Yeah. So that's, I mean, here, here we go. We're starting off. We're getting, we're getting a gift the first weekend for weather-wise. So if you're a weekend warrior, you're getting, a, you're getting a gift, and you should be hunting probably Saturday, Sunday. Now, should I don't think you should, don't be going psycho now there and diving in and like wrecking shit. <laughs> Haven't been out there and yeah, just relax weeks or months. I mean, if you if you got something brewing like you got a daylighter, the last <sighs> the problem is. So I, I think there's a big movement shift that's going to happen anywhere between the 10th and the 14th, 10th and the 15th. And the main reason for that is, well, there. I mean, or the, sorry, the main we, the reason, the main reason to how we notice that, how 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 we see that is what. Oh, trail cam pictures throughout the years. But I mean, what specifically in those pictures like shows a huge difference? Oh, you don't get them. I don't get them on. God damn it! You're I not on the right them. track. I, I would say the velvet, like when you, oh, when the you velvet, but the velvet you lose. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but I think, I think there's a couple days, even after velvet gets lost, that they're in their summer range. I think they're in their summer range until the 10th, honestly. 
So and then from the 10th to the 15th, they do some crazy shit. That's why I'm saying like we have a shot because you have the 12th and 13th as the opening two days. Like you have a shot because I think it's 10th through the 15th. And I would is it is it normal right now? Like we've both I guess on our recent trail cam pictures have noticed. Yeah, a, I, 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 had heard of I had absolutely nothing. Of- I had nothing on trail cam, trail cam from like the last week of August to the, this uh, to well the last two days. And I just got a pickup. So they left the last couple of weeks of their having velvet. And then they're, now they're coming. Like, thank God. Like, I got VTown back today, this morning, on a cell cam without his velvet. So you think, yeah, there's a little bit of a period from and when we're calling, they we're calling, their velvet. We're calling Jeff's, um, the one of his main target bucks is, is a, we call him Split. And then the other one is No Brow or something. Call him No Brow Right or something. Sure. I, yeah, whatever. I didn't have a name for him, but no brow is fine. Um, and those, uh, well, your no brow time one's back after losing Velvet. Yep. So we he have came him horned. And he's all over the last couple of days. But I mean, that's, you, you could legitimately go after him, but the problem is your your goal, you know, talk about your goal, is going after this, this deer called Split. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, that is probably going to be one of, one of the single hardest things I've ever done in my life if, like, the no brow or – do you think that big brow tine one? I, I don't know what to call him. Yeah, but we didn't have him either, and those two ran together. But I mean, like, if he walks by me, oh, do you think he's a four? Uh, well, I, I kind of wrote him down as a three, but I, I like to, I like to see him after they lose velvet because their bodies are their bodies are starting to switch now in the last couple of weeks. It's tough, and like I don't, I don't like looking at them in June and July because they're like all look slender and fat. They're, well, their bodies are I mean, thin like, and their like, horns look fat. Yeah. So it's opposite. And then yeah. when they shed the velvet, their th- horns look thin and their bodies look fat. Their bodies start filling out, yeah. So it makes their horns look thinner. And, and then, like, I feel like the last week week or so now, like, you're starting to get that. So I like I like to see them. So the borderline ones from the summer. I mean, there's ones in the summer you obviously know. So like. from summer until now, there were, like, three. Like, the three-and-four-year-olds, three-and-four-year-olds, I think, are sometimes harder to distinguish in the summer. And then the four-year-olds will kind of separate themselves this next couple of weeks well, with their bodies, we saw, I think. We saw a split hanging around with the big brow tines. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. That's I, what I'm saying. We haven't seen we haven't seen either of them the last two weeks on yeah. that camera. So maybe maybe one's a – I don't know. Maybe, so maybe one's a four and the other's a five. Yeah, and I think – so there's two big things happening right now. It's dry, so I think everything's kind of sped up. Because um, I feel like they lost their velvet a little bit early. I usually see it like literally like probably the seventh through the tenth. They lose velvet, and then I always put that movement right behind, right after it. But they, I give them a couple days because I see them lose their velvet, and then they're still in it for a couple days, and then they, and then they make a switch. A lot of times, yeah. And that could happen. Say so you could push that up three days this year because I think I think it coincides a lot with uh, it's going to coincide a lot with with the acorn drop. It has to. Cause we, I, I hung around big oak timber that goes deep down in there. So like, that's the only real explanation I could really have that they just disappear for like two or three weeks here in September. There's, but, there's transitioning then from just your, well, they just have, they have, they have an herd. ideal food source in the woods, in the cover. They're not coming out. Yeah. They're get, They get smarter. I mean, that's the, that's their ideal life. They just don't have that in August, Like the last, you know, that first couple of weeks of August, things are starting to get pretty dry in there. They're starting to like, you can see them. They start dying off, but the acorns haven't dropped yet. So that's why I think that's why they get driven out to the green way more. And in those I first mean, couple weeks of August, and then, and then, you know, you, you they load up for a month, lose their velvet. So there's a bunch more. There's there's, there's different animals. There's more t- testosterone. You can't tell me they're not different because like. Look at this trail cam picture of these things in velvet. And like, I guarantee you this thing is not going to just stand and pose in front of a camera for 10 minutes anymore this year. <laughs> Once he sheds his velvet. Yeah, it's right. not happening. They're a different animal. And like, honestly, sometimes I change the cameras. Like, if I think that, like, if there's, if it's, I'm considering moving this one because it's like so obvious. Like, they're just staring at it. And I don't like that now. Like, that's a big thing I switch. Like, I, I, I I'm kind of, I'm kind of like carefree with the camera in the summertime, but I am considering moving because I don't like it now. Like, I don't like just being blatantly obvious. Like, here's a camera. Well, and we've seen that firsthand last year when you shot the Big 8, uh, beginning in November. Do you think we ever watched 
a herd of bucks or all mature buck walk in there and just stand in front of this camera. And no, not, I don't think there wouldn't have been a picture on it. That's how, that's crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah. they didn't, they don't move like that. Now they're starting to. Oh yeah. They're, 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 you know, they're, and, yeah, they're, they're not just out grazing in a hay field, yeah. like, or a bean field. They're on a mission. They're, they're just, so like, that's another thing. The beans start getting dry right now. The beans are, we're seeing them brown already. Like usually, I like to have a couple weeks of green beans in the season. Like hopefully they make it to like that. Well, even one week. The but dry, we're getting they're they're the we had that drought really and and now everything's kicked ahead and everything's brown already. It's getting brown. Um. I, well, you were just telling me last week. I don't know the Mike's land uh, corn getting chopped. Yeah, and corn's getting. So this this is another big one that the one property we're hunting at. Um, corn may get chopped. And like I think there's there's a couple, I mean there's definitely there's an area there where the bucks were bedded in the corn, and it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, my land, and I know there's properties that surround the land you hunt that have this problem. But like, at the land I hunt, I just I really hope if corn is planted that it's off by opening day of gun season. And now this year it's September seventh, and there has been corn coming off of fields in our area because and it's yeah. crazy early. Oh, it's real early. But we had like an ideal spring. What what so is that going to do? Do you think you think to impact like deer are used to? Well, I think at I least think everything's ahead a little bit. I think they lost their velvet quicker. I think, um, and I'm Crop. talking I'm talking like two or three days. It's nothing crazy. I I'm just I'm worried all this crop is going to come off the land earlier this year than normal. And like, I don't know is 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 ag land farmland a big factor in? Oh yeah, dude. That's I mean that's movement. Usually, I would say the end of September is when we start really getting into this. But you, it may, it's probably happening. It's going to happen in September for sure. So you're so here's what's going to happen. If corn is getting chopped, which which this, usually this first round it is, and guess what? I know I don't know. I don't know that the specifics. All I know is that I call it chopped, and there ain't there's like nothing left of the corn. And then I call whatever happens later in the year cut, and there is a bunch left over. Some farmer is probably going to freak out and be like, "You're an idiot! You don't know what the I don't. I'm not 100 percent certain what's going on with it. I, I'm not going <laughs> to. I know like when I they know. cut, they're just picking off like the cob, so they're not trying to take. Where like as they when they chop earlier in the season, like everything gets taken. So I don't whatever. So I've been explained it before. It's in. A, it's a, I actually probably wrote a blog last year that explained it because i remember talking to my uncle about it and he defined it for me but there's a big difference between those two things so there's there's a day or two increase when they gets chopped for sure anytime corn gets cut there's gonna be deer coming to that field yeah the possibility of fresh Definitely. food and it's yeah, just it's something thing. crazy dude they, they well they, they were like living in it all summer probably like a lot of times like there'd just be some days they'd probably bet out there they're real comfortable out there and then yeah, they get a bunch of food. Now, when the corn, when a field is cu- uh, cut at like in October, and all that food's like there's way more food left over. I've I've seen like two to three weeks of action on a cornfield like that. Now, when it's chopped, day or two. Yeah, the, but regardless if it's chopped or cut or whatever the proper terminology is, like they deer are smart enough to know that crop. Oh, that's food a Came off that field. That's a trigger. I should go check for food. That's what I'm saying. We're talking about it already this week. Like it's it, it's a big part of my decision making that's going to happen Saturday of where I'm sitting because I have two spots that I want to get to right now that I'm thinking that'll be actually in the corn. Well, if that corn's gone, completely everything. changed. Oh yeah, then you might not even be able to hunt depending on the wind. Well, then it's going to be the trailer blind, and then you got to pick. You got trailer blind. Trailer blind. Hopefully, so I'm getting this trailer blind done. And what I've done with trailer blinds in the past is the day, ideally the day the corn's getting cut, you just pull out there and leave the trailer blind. Because they don't know that it wasn't there before. Well, yeah, farm equipment was just up there. They, I don't know. They seem to accept it. It's weird. I don't know. I can verify it. I, I'm going to continue doing that because it seems to, like I've had mature bucks come by within like two or three days, which is shocking if you think about it. But well, it's also it was shocking to me when I figured that out for turkey hunting for the first time. Yeah, when you figured, set up yeah. set up a blind in the middle of the field and turkey will come to it. Yeah, with the decoy, but still. Right. Yeah. So, and you see it turkey hunt sometimes where deer will like almost accept it 
been and they know it wasn't there but uh so that those are the two options it really comes to that i i think i'm leaning towards the fact that it's probably not going to get done because those things never usually take place when that's that's another thing i learned because i'm always asking when it's when it's going to happen and very rarely is the is the the person the landowner right about (laughs) when that actually is taking place because I think that industry just gets backed up a lot. So the people doing it just, yeah. Well, here we go. See, like this is early movement. I'm getting pictures of deer already out in the field feeding at 420 right now. Which is? An hour ago. Yeah, an hour. Yeah. Which is early. That is very early. That's We're talking about three okay, hours from I, sunset. Well, and, well, we're getting closer when is daylight savings time? November, beginning, or end of October? I'm not sure. End of October, like probably. Things. I mean, we're we're about a month, less than two months away from a, a time change that just completely changes the dynamic. Of that's a mental dynamic, though. It's a mental, absolutely. Like, obviously, we can't control that the world tilts and whatnot. You gotta, you got. I, I've that's that's big on the list of things you should really look at, and I'll talk about it later podcast. But I, that's a mental shift, and that's something. I mean, well, for you, it's difficult because you actually you have like a job that you have to like. Well, yeah, midsummer. But it I, gets I, dark, I, I ignore that. <laughs> when daylight saves, I try to ignore it. So I try to leave. I try to get my phone, staying on the. I just ignore it. Oh, it blows. It just blows my mind. I try to just stay like I try to wake up before the sun comes up and go to bed when the sun goes down and just don't think. Yeah, about but it much. you're you know that like there's a lot more hours of daylight in the summer. I know, but do you remember as a kid when it was like you had to change all the clocks and it felt like it felt like you were like stru- you were like like suffering for like weeks after that. Yeah. Trying to adapt to the hour change, whether it was an hour more or hour less. Yeah. Ignore it. Your it's phone, so hard. your phone is, your phone switches automatically. You don't, you have no physical action you need to take. It, you have to be, you, we, you have to just be like, let your body, like accept that your body just stays in the same rhythm. My goal, that's what I'm trying to push for right now, where that's I'm trying to, I'm trying to consistently wake up at 4 a.m. Like that's what I'm pushing for. 4 a.m. No matter what, not yeah. just 4 a.m. as in like an hour before daylight, or but 4 a.m. as 4 a.m. No matter 4 a. M. if it's September yeah, 4 fifth or, or January eighth. Yeah. So f- yeah, 4 a.m. Whatever. It's ballsy. Oh well, yeah, good for you if your body will allow you. to Well, do dude, that. it's an hour ahead of when the daylight saving time happens. If my body sticks with the with like the, my habit, I'll be waking up at 5 a.m. I'll be able to get to the stand still then. Or no, I'll be waking up at goes back. Yeah, it goes back like an hour earlier. So I'd be waking up normally It'd at 3 It'd go from 5 to 4. If you, if you right now, oh, I mean, now is the transition time for it. But if, you, if you're waking up in, in June at 7.30, it would actually be like 6.30. 6.30, yeah. Yeah, that's ideal. I'd like to wake up at 3 then. It's, it's all, yeah. Cause that, that, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I had it backwards. Yeah. You, you, uh, every, the reason why it's tough is because you have to start getting up early an hour earlier. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like so you're gradually like, doing it throughout the year, but like the yeah. difference between summer and hunting season is. Oh, it's, it's, especially if you've been grinding for a while. That's what I'm talking about. Like try to like it this this mental i you honestly have to think about it coming up because if you're grinding like say you got two weeks of vacation and honestly it's this is mainly me talking to myself but like i know when i took two weeks vacation i'd get i'd get ground out because you were trying you know you'd sneak some hunts in while you're working and i would just i would get so uh burnt out so I, i i try now i like actively work through it in my mind and be like all right, what were the things that burnt you out last year? You need to change something. So <clears throat> that's why I quit being a cop. <laughs> not like, oh, that was <laughs> not fun hunting, uh, working at 3 to 11. I feel like yours hunt. was harder than mine. I would rather work till 6 a.m. and then go hunt because you're, you're done. Oh, you, yeah. You're already awake versus working that second shift and going to bed late and then getting up early. And oh, yeah, and that's to, what I'm saying. Yeah, you go to work at midday. 3 to 11, hunt, you know, so you're getting before daylight savings times, you'd be able to, you know, get an hour extra sleep. Well, after that, then you're getting, I remember I was getting up at 2.30 in lacrosse and driving back. That's just to get to the to the house to get things ready. 
Yeah. Well, that I mean, that comes into it. Like when you're getting into that routine of where you're grinding, it's easier in the early season because you're mainly, you know, you're just hunting here and there when the weather's right, when the wind's right, you know, observation sits. But when you get in that grind later in the year where it's every day and you know it, organization is everything. And I am fucking terrible at it, but it's like that's part of the mental prepare, like prep, being prepared mentally. Preparation. Preparation. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's you wanted to say it. Yeah, I started stumbling on my words. Here, yeah, I would say just like finish your hunt, get things ready for your next hunt. You have at to the that, end of night. that night. You have to. Like whether it's the next morning is your next hunt, or if it's like a week down the road, just otherwise you you're gonna forget, and you're, you don't want to. Yeah, you want to just get your shit off, go inside. Crack a beer, eat some food, and whatever. Go to bed, get pissed off about how you didn't see anything. You put all this time yeah. in, or the one you saw wouldn't come close. Yeah, enough especially. Or I mean, and a big thing we do too is, um, <clears throat> if you're coming back the next morning to an afternoon sit, leave everything in the tree if you can. There's nothing better than having all your stuff in a tree waiting for you in the morning. I can honestly say I've never done that. Jed and I started doing it a couple years ago, and we do it a lot. Especially, so that, I mean, that comes into the next thing, like key thoughts for you, for us and for you to go into the season is that first sit. First sit is magical. So how do you preserve that for as long as you can? That's what I always consider. Like, how can I preserve? Is that something you want to get into now? Yeah. Like, how do I preserve? I'm telling you, I think the number one thing is put yourself in a situation not, I don't want to say that gives you a chance, but at least you can see a deer move through the woods. Like you don't want to go bury yourself in your favorite rut spot on opening weekend in September yeah. and you didn't see shit. And you're like, well, this fucking sucks. I don't want to come back. Put yourself, I don't know, like at a food source, like over a field or yeah. something. You will see deer. It'll keep you motivated. And you're like, all right, well, maybe I'll go back in the morning. Maybe I'll catch that one coming back to its bed. So in order to do that, what I've found recently is – like you have to really consider what's happening in that location. So like I really consider all the time, like one, one spot that I, where I killed the big eight last year, I used to hunt that early season um, and hunted a lot, check choke him in there a lot. And I started considering it, it's like, okay, what part of the season here? Like, what am I trying to accomplish while sitting in this spot? Okay. When you look at it from an afternoon sit early season, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you're you're kind of you're kind of cornered in there. It's in a big V. It's super visible. Like there's zero yes. chance. You're, there's zero like chance you're thermals, getting out without. And thermals are dropping. You're busting. Like there's a lot of deer. We we'd bust so many deer in there. It wasn't conducive to an early season sit. Well, and then I stumbled upon a rut morning sit. And. Who was I didn't one? get Who busted by myself, like 2016. And I saw a ton of deer. Well, then you think overall, you just attempt to like preserve that spot as long as you can, right? Like I'm not going to go in there and waste my time blowing deer out. And the last, from so from 2016 to last year where we killed that mature buck in there, each year got better and better because I hunted it less and less until the end of that that late later season. Yeah, because we all have that one stand when we don't know what we're doing that we're like that's our good stand. And the biggest thing that triggered that for me was I would consider wind while hunting it before, but I didn't consider the thermal thermals. Like I talk about it all the time, but when you're in a spot up on a ridge and you're kind of and you have those like falling off hillsides around you. That is where your that's where your sense going, like, like it's it, the rocks for like, example. Yeah, it's just like flooding. It's like think about it like water, like from the top of the a, hill, both sides, it's just pulling down away from you. So like you're just getting a pull, especially if you're up on those points where where there's a drop off on each side. That then you're losing it to each side. I've seen. Yeah, and it's like you can't get away with anything. Yeah. So is I mean now that so you, to, like I know that spot. I I decided first sit magic. Um, that had to be preserved until when the time was right. So it had to be when they were, when like normal movement ended, end of October, early November. And I would, I would consider doing morning all day sit. And then I'd leave stuff in the tree and come back the next morning to see if I catch the same movement. And that's about it. So like, 
<clears throat> I consider the first sit. So like if you go first sit, you know, and it, and it works for an afternoon and then the next morning it works. I think that's still a first sit that next morning because I hope ideally you, you're kind of hedging your bet that hopefully the deer you're going after maybe wasn't in the area that first night and then the next morning you're catching them coming back. So right. maybe you hunted a spot, right? He wasn't bedded there that night, that first night. He was, on but a you know he beds there. Route. And you're like, I'm coming back here the next morning because the weather tells me that he might be bedded here, and he you're gonna catch him coming into his bed for the first time. And it's still a first sit, but you got two sits out of it. Yep. So that's one big thing. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely learned, like, my favorite spot is not necessarily the most hunted spot. I mean, it just... Well, you have to consider, you have to, you ha- just start just start knowing. Don't think about it. Just know that you're doing a lot of damage when you hunt a spot. When you overhunt. You're leaving, a, like, an ab- absurd amount of scent, like... Just, just, recognition, just, just area. think about it like that. Every, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a spot, my favorite spot, because I shot a deer out of it. So the next year, I was like, I have to sit here every... Every day, no matter if it's opening day, rut, second rut, whatever. That, yeah, and that's how I learned it because I did hunt like that. Oh, yeah, I hunted, what, the first year I think I bowed out this place that we're talking about? I had two stands, and I probably hunted 40 times that year. Guess what slowly happened through the year? I saw nothing. Yeah, I hated hunting by out. November. One way or another. I literally every ran every deer out, there, out of that area. Whether it was scent from every time being out there or, or we got done – and they were in the field, so when we got out, they busted. I mean, they 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 freaking learn over the yeah. year. Well, dude, if you're hunting a stand, you're hunting near a place where you think a mature buck is going to walk. So, like, he's probably going to walk there at some point, and he's probably going to get you. And then he's going to say, well, I'm not walking there anymore. Yeah, and you're especially if your stuff lasts there for a couple days. like. So that's a big thing. So really preserving that stuff, kind of acknowledging, like, there's a spot on Jeffrey's place. I, I think he can hunt a lot because it's along a creek bottom. And I know the thermals are going to suck down there. He can access through the creek. He's not leaving a bunch of scent. He literally pops up into a tree from a creek. That's a different scenario. And not a common one. No. The good well, thing I is, mean, is- you have, there, there's probably spots like that. You know, like, bump way back observation sets. Do it a lot. Yeah, you once. have, but you have to consider, especially if you're in hilly country like we are, where like those thermals are going to take off on you on the afternoons. You have to consider that. It, it like I try, trust me, I've tried it. I've tried to pretend that it doesn't matter, and it didn't get me very far. <laughs> it matters. It does. Obviously, it does. Why the hell can I? I mean, it's tough. You, it's tough to have success in hill country like this in the afternoons. I'm, I'm so, I'm certain of it. Because we lose our thermals down these successful ditches. success. Yes, I mean I had success last year in the in the evening, but it wasn't successful. That's a good spot. Though. It that's wasn't. A, that's a good spot. It is a good spot, but Same it wasn't a successful about. hunt given what I shot. But that's on me. Well, we don't need to attack you about that. No, no, no. I'm not Weston. So I think we, I, you know the other big thing on this list is go down. Don't be afraid to dive down a rabbit hole and consider everything. You get a daylight picture of a mature buck on a trail camera, and then you go hunt that with the same conditions, same situation, and he doesn't show up multiple times. You have to consider the possibility that what you're doing is damaging something. Well, look look at the last two weeks. You and I checked the camera. Um, yeah, I saw the same the thing. The beginning of the picture was the second, so... It was like the 31st. I think it was like the 30th or 31st of August. Taylor and I went to my land, grabbed cameras. Yeah, and I, I didn't see. Like, I wanted to do what we did the last 10 days a month ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I've been this behind what happens. everything. This is what – no, this is, but this is what happened. I did the same shit on my places too. Well, so what you happened get, is you, – you, you get stuff pushed off, and, yeah, we dove into some places today. I don't like diving into, but we got rain coming, so like – And a little bit of it was out of our control. Yeah, yeah. So, but go down the rabbit hole and, like, understand or think about it. Like, you, I think the issue I had in the past was I just didn't – I never, like – you don't want to blame yourself for everything, but 
I'm starting to get to the point now where you have to start blaming yourself a lot. You have to take responsibility. You have to start thinking about why. That's, what, that's where I was going you with You get this whole trail cam pictures, but you're not seeing those deer on your stand. We talked about it at The Rock today with Jason. We have pictures for the last five plus years consistently of huge mature three four or sorry four five year olds and every mixture that else is out there i mean like anything from a spike to a five-year-old we have at this rock and they are pounding that rock rock face working the edge of the hill and every time we go hunt it i've never seen a deer walk down that same path and i kept wondering like what the hell like oh i just got here on an off day they didn't move well regardless of that buck is moving through that area and it takes him six days to come back around. He's not going to come back on that sixth day. If we walk in wow. there on day five and just screw everything up. It's well, our, we saw it last year there. You, you had this deer that you're chasing this year was there all the first three weeks of October. And then and all we, of a sudden he was gone. We started hunting it. it third week of October. <laughs> and we didn't, and we're like, well, yeah, we kicked up some deer, but like whatever, can't, can't, couldn't be that buck. Yeah, it couldn't have been that deer, or it couldn't have been a deer that went towards that buck and spooked yes, it. Yes, and I, that's how I thought. And then I'm like, hey, dumbass, maybe you shouldn't. You should start pointing the finger at yourself. You should start thinking about what you're doing a little bit more. Think, I mean, honestly, like, do you, are you so? Like I, I had this conversation with myself. Talk to myself. Are you so fucking vain that you don't think that you're messing with a wild animal in the wild animals? Like house. that's his fucking house. We're walking into his house and fucking with stuff and expecting him not to yes. notice or see us. Yeah, jokes on us. But we're fucking learning. Yeah, and that. So like that's. So that's my goal this year. Is that I just assume I'm doing shit wrong, and I just think until. So, like, I think just be safe, like, think, consider, like, look at all the trail cam pictures of the past. Look at all your sightings in the past. Think about how deer move on your property. Consider what the wind is doing when you sit somewhere and then what the thermals do when that wind dies off. Like, think about that stuff. You have to consider that shit. It, you can't consider, like, okay, I feel like every year you get you start considering, like, I, I consider more and more and more and more, right? Well... I feel like I haven't done a good enough job with thermals in the past. Well, that's you only, have to force yourself to consider that. Like it, that's it's only a based thing. off of not knowing about it, though. Like you've learned. Oh, about I knew it. about it. I knew about it. Well, you, but you're learning more about it. You're learning the actual. Like you knew it existed, but you didn't know the the right. details to it. Now you know the specifics, and you're like, okay, what I was doing is wrong. I'm going to make an adjustment. Yeah, but you. But it takes you not to think that you know it all. Well, That's what it took. You better, yeah. The sooner you realize that, the better. I'm, I'm seriously getting more, you. getting more pictures in on deer. I mean, this is fun. We're going live here. That's see, okay. So I put out some tactic cams today with cell cams. I, I will do this quick. Is this out here right now? No, this is out at uh, the, the other farm. Man. Okay. Um, and tactic cam. I'm just gonna say it. Probably the best cell cam. I mean, un, it's just easy and it works. That's all I care about. 6 a.m. friendly. Yeah, right now it's 6.01. Right now it's 6.01. It's 6 a.m. Or 6 p.m., sorry. 6 so p.m. And right now it's 6.01. 43, 44, 45. It literally took it a minute to get here. That is unbelievable. And it is on his phone right now. Jeez. That's, I mean, it's I haven't inc- used a lot of cell cams. Ad- I can I know you, I've li- listening to these podcasts in the past. I know you've talked about like, oh, I how can't get over what getting. it's going to be. I can't get over what it's going to be well, in right, five but, years now, even. But someone, I don't remember who it was, probably Judd, very knowledgeable guy, um, talking about how like they're going to start like restricting those, like, because it's cheating. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a form gonna, of, it's a form oh, yeah, of we cheating. Talk, yeah, it's going to get to the point, yeah, where they're too advanced where you can just say, holy shit, this one's, I've got go. so many tactic cams in the area. This one at 601 is here. I'm going to quick sprint down to this camera. He should be heading that way. And at 6.54. Oh, yeah. It dead. just takes a company to just be like, we're just going to we're gonna drive a bunch of money into it for a couple of years because that's, that's the thing that holds everything up. Like, it, does, it, does, it costs a lot of money to create something like this, I'm sure. But once you got it, way then it's more like, my God. Just a standard one. So, quick recap of everything we covered. You know, first hit magic. Get your mind right as well. Mental, be mentally prepared for this season. Understanding what happened last year. Why did you not sit on certain days? What caused that? Were you burnt out? 
Well, fucking acknowledge it then. I mean, make an adjustment. I, you have to acknowledge if you're getting burnt out later in the year and you're not getting sits in, you haven't killed a buck, and it's November 10th and you're not hunting, you have to consider what, ha- like, don't hunt as much earlier in the year then. Like, chill out. Hunt the more important time. Don't let that urge of that long ass off season, like, sneak up. Oh, and dude, it's screw so fun over. to hunt in October. It really is. But if they're not where you are and you're not hunting, like, fronts and shit like that, you're wasting your time. Just chill out, sit back. If the day is not right, the weather isn't right, the conditions aren't right in October and September, don't go. Go observe. Go drive around. Do something else. Don't go into your spots. And then when the time's right, like, you have to just think about what happened last year. There's a reason why if you didn't kill, you didn't kill. If you did kill, let's start working through that then. Let's start working like, what did you do right? What did you do different? Call in and tell us about it. So that's mental, being mentally prepared. Um, and a lot of that goes with access, access and exit too. And that's another thing on the list. Consider your access, consider your exit. Think about what you're doing. If you got choking pictures of something and then you hunt it and then everything seems to vanish, there's probably something to that. You have to think about that. And don't blame natural phenomenons because there is an unnatural thing lurking through the land. And that is you when you're leaving or entering. Yes. And then next thing, think think uh, observational sits. We covered that a little bit. Don't be afraid of them. You're not losing out anything. Just and those are those are safe situations that you know if something if you got really lucky, yeah, you could kill a buck. Well, you're never gonna do those observations. I was thinking about that when we were talking about it today. Bring your binos. Bring your bow. You're not there strictly for observation. Shit does happen yeah. out of your control where something shows up. All of a sudden, a mature deer is going to show up and he made a mistake that night and walks by you. And you're going to look like a real fool without, with your binoculars in your hand staring at this deer. Well, if you're actually in field and, you're, and you didn't bring a bow, you shouldn't exit be in field the podcast. Leave, yeah. <laughs> Down the All line. Right. And then I'm just like, I'm begging myself, I'm begging you. And if you want to listen and you want to be begged, I'll get on my knees and do it. It's not only the wind, it's the thermals. Consider them. Bring your milkweed. Acknowledge them. Acknowledge your pressure. Think. All right. And then go down the rabbit hole of why. Why Why did a buck that's five years old show up here at 8 a.m. on October 13th? That's, that's, an, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that happened. Acknowledge it. What was the weather doing? Were you in there? What did the weather do the day before? What was the weather doing after? When was the last time you were there? Did he show up for two or three days and then you checked the trail camera and then you went and hunt right away and then nothing happened? And then he was he was a ghost for seven days? Okay, that, that means that you checking the trail camera did something probably. And you're, and you're never going to know the answer to this, but like... But I don't know, it's you have to, to think consider about. a bit. You have to consider it. No, this this scenario, though, like you're never gonna know the answer. Like, was your neighbor hunting and was not conscious to it? So, like, yeah, yeah. Did he step in a stand and at a stupid time with a stupid wind and spook that deer off the, the bedding area that he was like neighbor's on your neighbors, land, but he was coming like, to yours? Yep, yeah, I was safe back sure. there yesterday. I'm going back. Yeah, you got to like, think about that too. You're never gonna know, but that is a fact. And you got to play. Happens. That's that's a good one. Play into your neighbors. Play into your neighbor's hand too. Like, think about like learn. That's why it's, it never hurts to go talk to him. Just, hey, what's going on, man? And he'll be like, oh, got this. And sometimes people are just like, I got this big buck. I've been hunting him like crazy. And you just be like, yeah, nope. I, I've, I, I'm honest with people. Like, I've seen him or I've, I've had him on camera. Yeah, I'm, I'm on him too. Um, but you like, yeah, so what, when you've been hunting him? And, you know, a lot of times people are like, every day. Yeah. Or like, so, yeah, you've but, clearly like, spooked right, those all right, yeah. deer and those like, deer. All you got to do is not fuck up then, man. Just. Go in when it's right, and you have to consider what is right. And sometimes it's sketchy because like you have to think about like why they bedded there. So if you're gonna sit there and see something in daylight, where are they bedding? They're bedding somewhere near. If we're talking about October here, we're not talking about a rut stand. Okay, end of September, October. If they're daylighting, that means they're bedded probably pretty close, and they're coming to something, right? They're coming to that food, or you're catching them before they're heading to something. Consider why. Where's that bedding area? Are they looping around, like downwind of where you th- where you want to sit, and like they're getting you to come out there because of that? So like that is that situation now where like what we're talking about, where you just sit there while the wind's bad for you, but you wait for those thermals to drop, and then you get in because you know it's good for oh, the thermals. That tree, yeah. So go down the rabbit hole. Like consider a lot of possibilities. 
And a lot of that comes from old trail cam pictures. What they're doing, like, they get used to the trail cam a lot quicker than they get used to you coming in there, right? It's like you can drop yeah, the trail camera. That little clicky noise on that tree is a lot yes. more. And they make as much as like I I do consider mature bucks like don't like it. They make mistakes sometimes. Middle of night, something you know. Take all that into consideration. Early season in velvet, next to a food source, they'll make mistakes. mistakes. But then always consider also that they're probably were there three or four, five more times. You didn't get them. You know, especially if your trail camera's in a blatant spot. Like they're probably they're probably skirting that thing eighty percent of the time. And you, when you get them and you think that they only showed up, like, like what the fuck? Like, they're only here, like, every 10 days. Like, I can't track them. Just get the conditions and consider the fact that, like, you're getting a daylight picture of a buck. And he probably only beds and feeds and, like, if he's not pressured, three or four places. That he trusts, that he's been at. So, yeah. the play, like, the times you didn't get him but you thought the conditions were right on trail camera, think about those times possibly. Like, you, they, he's still around probably. Yeah. We hope. <laughs> You have, I mean, start God, thinking about it. You have to, you have, it's like, it's like the biggest thing that taught me this was mule deer hunting last year. You, you'd go up and you, you would, you would, uh, stock a ditch and it, you would take hours to stock a whole ditch system. Right. And then like literally the one time it was, it was, we were about two hours in, we're getting lazy, not paying attention. And the buck bounced out. If you don't act like if you sit in a spot, you must think that something's going to happen there. And if you don't act like that thing is there when you're going in there and you're hunting and like you, you just like, well, he's pro- whatever. So like, I have a scheduled day to be here. I tried, I tried freaking pattern. It has him. to be taken. You have to take it seriously. Like you have to consider like, well, he's there. I'm, I'm, I mean, why else would you be hunting here then? He has to be. Cause I mean, you're not going to just hunt places to hunt them. I mean, if you're chasing mature bucks, I mean, go kill those. You can do that. <laughs> so. There we go. That's kind of the roundup on that. Narrow and don't like get on like don't be afraid to get on them early too. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun year. Ideal time, catch them, catch them right at that transition. transition oh, that's why cell cams are nuts. Of of cell like, cams are nuts. You're 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 on the moment, man. Like if I see something going to a bedding area in the morning, I'm, I'm I can be there in the afternoon. Now. Or like over a week time, you're like, holy shit, this buck like. I've been watching it. He just shed his well with your cell cams. He just yeah. shed his velvet. You've got like if you get two him days, again after that, I think you got a couple days with him in that area still before he starts changing his patterns and tendencies. Yeah, and then you get into like the tenth and the fourth, tenth through the fifteenth. You get him if you still have him. He's probably sticking around. You get in there and try and snag him. And then but he's don't gonna... don't overdo it though. No, no, no. Yeah, oh yeah, don't overdo it. I mean. Don't don't take food the horses whole first week safe. off. Food sources and safety, like that's the thing right now. They're they're close to their food source. If they're still if they're sticking to their summer range, they're close to their food source. So you don't have to dive way in. Just relax, sit back, get eyes on them, and then go in. But you have to you have to. Where's your th- what's your wind doing? What's your thermals doing? Would he be here? Why would he be here? All that good shit. Hey, good good first edition with Jeffrey as a co-host. Um, we're almost done. I'm dropping this down on Friday, and um, you can listen to it before you hunt on Saturday. Jeffrey, what is the album that you're choosing? Okay, let me let me make sure I. Oh, this is awkward now. Well, I mean, I've got so. And I still am getting deer pouring out here. Four twenty. So my favorite album, and I kind of. I took a little bit of a shortcut here and, and took like a greatest hits collection, but I don't believe it's been brought up on the podcast. And I'm a huge fan of this artist back sp- specifically in the nineties, but still good. If he wants to come up with some new music, um, any guesses, older country male Brooks and Dunn. No, you've already said it. So I, I was going to say, don't I wouldn't say go it. back to it. Same era, same. Oh, uh, Blake Shelton. No, he's, he like started then and is more current. Um, I'll give you one more um, guess. Okay. I'm not um, Jason Aldean. Oh my God, no! He yeah. had some good shit back in the like early two thousands. Jed would too. a lot. I feel like Jed would lose his mind, or Weston would lose his mind, because they're like classic country guys, and he is just a fake country. Dude. I like some of his stuff, but no, I'm just gonna say it. Well, Alan, I hope so at some point. Alan Jackson. Oh, greatest hits collection. Yeah, I I can get behind that because he did have some, he had he, he he had some good ones. Um. What's your number one song on that? I, I looked through the album, and 
I don't know. There were just so many, there were so many good songs on there. Like, and I'm not going to say I know every song on there, but, um, well, I mean, remember when is that well, on there? It, That's a, just a disgusting song. Remember um, when disgusting. is it on there? Yeah. It has to be. Well, the big one, there's number one and number two on the album, like Chattahoochee. Yeah. I mean, that is, so like, that's just like a, like stomp your boot to the ground and just. Oh yeah. You, yep. Old dance song there. Old wedding song. Um, but the big one that like summertime, like it's literally called summertime blues and it's just, it takes me back. It's just like nostalgia. Remember when it takes me back. And that's the one that sticks out. Sticks out. Well, it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm sure is on there. That's, that's probably his most famous song. I don't see it. Really? But anyway, just Alan Jackson. And well, we're almost talking to him as like just a general artist, not even like a, just that, like era. that album. Yeah. Yeah. It was something he sneaks up on people. Yeah. Cause he had a lot of different years. It looks like he, he had a lot of good songs. Well, I, w- I was looking through this when I got assigned this job and had to find the greatest album. I'm like, well, it didn't look like he did a very good job. Well, clearly not when I grab his greatest hits, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like we're not going to beat you up over it. Well, it's not an easy thing to well, pick. We aren't because there's one other person here other than me and it's you. So there, we have an audience tonight though. They're going to talk shit to you. Well, maybe I'll, whatever. It's not, not anything I haven't heard before, <laughs> but I mean, I was looking through his albums. I'm like, well, there's like to, from what I've heard, like three or four good songs and then a bunch of ones that I'm not familiar with. So maybe they're good, but that's my own fault for not researching. So I was like, screw it. I'm grabbing his greatest hits and clearly his greatest hits are going to be those good songs from each album. But good artist. Hey, we, he hasn't been it, brought man. up yet. I kind of did it with Brooks and Dunn because that, I mean, that is a greatest hit, hits album. The reboot one, I said. Well, and that's and that's the same concept of yeah, it's his it greatest is. songs with other people. Oh yeah, it definitely. It, I, I considered myself a cop out during that too. No problem. But at least family, I'm not gonna come out here and say it's fucking Adele. Like when I heard that on here, it was Weston. You didn't it? like Adele? I hate Adele. I love Adele. Well, I know you all. All three, you dove into it, <laughs> and so I'm the odd one out well, here. Like, yeah, you're that. weirdo. Then you're the weirdo. Okay. <laughs> all right. I might be. Episode fifty-seven. Give it a listen. Hey, we're gonna now. All these things are gonna start becoming live. I'm gonna do it now because I announced it. So it's close to live. Close like, to live. Yeah, it's close to live. We, and it may be live. We could do live at some point. We, I don't know. I might get it set up. I've always wondered. I've always wondered. Every so we week used when to. I listen, we had it. We used to do it. I was gonna say, is that I got like Wi-Fi out is here? Is it like now? a huge extra expense? Like why is well, it? Well, it just it, it sucks. You guys have a camera up. You, you gotta, gotta make filter. Wi-Fi works. Winston makes a whole bunch of comments that sometimes gotta get blacked out. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Give it a like. Give it a listen. Good luck hunting this weekend. Catch you back here on Monday.